If you have your Bibles or electronic devices, uh, why don't you turn with me or click to or turn to Luke chapter 1. And uh, we're, we're going to look at the story of Mary. Uh, week before last, we looked at uh, Joseph and we looked at his life, Joseph the man God trusted. And so, so this morning I want to look at uh, the life of Mary. I've entitled this message, Mary the, the Woman. Uh, that God that God trusted and and God used God used Mary and God uses women in, in, in just great ways and and uh, so I want to I want to talk to you about that that this morning about about how God God desire uh, is is to use us and so you you can look at Mary's life and you can realize that, that her life wasn't easy and it wasn't without some pain and it wasn't without some trials and and it wasn't without some problems and it wasn't without some some difficulty and and so uh, maybe maybe you're like me and maybe you've learned this we're learning this in the season of life that, that we're in uh, that, that God never promised to exempt you from problems God never promised to, to give us a problem-free life, a pain-free life once we became Christians. Uh, God never promised that we wouldn't go through difficulty or trials or anything like that. Uh, the fact is, it's kind of the opposite. But what, what God did promise us is, is just the message of Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. In other words, God didn't promise us to exempt us from problems and pain and hurt and all of those other things, but God did promise that, that he would be with us. And that is, that is, that is the message of Christmas. That is the spirit of Christmas. It is God came to earth and, and God visited earth and, and, and Emmanuel, God with us. There's, there's something special about the Christmas season. And I, and I believe this, this is part of it. When God became a man and when God came to this earth and he was fully God and he was fully man and, and he used Mary in, in just a great, and he used Mary in just a great way. And so Mary was one of these women that, 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 that did God's will and did God's will with just great, great passion and, and great clarity in, in, in our life. And, and sometimes we, we take the, the Roman culture and we kind of we romanticize it or, or, or we make the Roman culture out to something that it really wasn't. And so we just got to remember this morning that the Roman culture was a very, very dark society. Uh, Joseph and Mary lived in a, in a, in a very dark time. Uh, it, was, it was for sure, it was anti-God, it was anti-Christian. I think the tax rate in the Roman Empire was well over 90%. And so there's just, there's just a lot of corruption. There's a lot, there's a lot of uh, 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 poverty. There's a lot of immorality. It was, it was dark, it was violent, it was difficult. And Mary and Joseph lived during that time. And then to make matters worse is, is, is after Jesus was born, Herod goes on like this rampage. And Herod begins trying to kill all the all the all the, the boys, the babies that are two years or younger. And so it was difficulty after difficulty after difficulty with, with Mary and Joseph. And so so here's 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 part of the Christmas story. Luke chapter one, verse twenty six. Here here's what the here's what the scripture says. It says in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, O favored one, the, the, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. 
And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the, and the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is a sixth month with her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel of the, uh, departed from her. And so today I want us to look at this issue, to, to look at Mary and to look at Mary's life and look at, look at Mary's life as far as why did, why did God choose Mary? Why did, why did God use Mary? Why did, why did God trust Mary with this? And, and so God trusted Mary because Mary trusted God. Uh, Mary had great, great faith, and Mary trusted God greatly. Mary, Mary was young during this time. Mary was, was in, her, in, her, in her late teens, and, and, and Mary, Mary had all kinds of fear. Listen, let me tell you something. Uh, when you go through difficulty, when you go through, through pain, when, when, when you go through those times, or when you go through that period when God calls you to do something, fear can be associated with that. I mean, but, but Mary was, was this person that never let her fear control her. I mean, the scripture says that she was, she was greatly troubled. In, in the Greek, that literally means to be panicked, to be, <coughs> to be panicked, to be petrified. It means to be, to be scared to, to death. And so Mary moved in spite of her fear. In other words, Mary did not let her fear control her. So this morning, I want to give you three things. I want to give you three things that Mary modeled for us. That if you desire God to use you in the way in which God used Mary, the first thing is this, is Mary had a passion uh, for God's will. Mary had, this, Mary had this, this passion for God's will. In other words, in other words Mary desired to, God's, to do God's will. Mary desired to honor God whether she was going through difficulty, whether she was going through celebrations of life. That Mary had this passion for, for, for God's will. In, in other words, Mary, when, when God told Mary that I want you to be the mother of Jesus Christ, a vehicle in which he'll enter this world, here, here's like Mary's response, verse 40, 46 in Luke chapter 1. She says, and so and Mary, said, Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. In other words, God uses people who want to be used. And God uses people who have a passion to, to do as well. And so a question for each one of us this morning is this, do you want God to use you? I mean, do you have a passion for, for God's will in your life to regardless of what you're walking through, regardless of the circumstance or the situation or, or the arena that God places you in, do you want God to use you in your life? Because, because what the scripture tells us this is God uses people to have a passion for his will. God uses people who desire to, to do his will, and that was Mary. Fact is, fact is, when you look at Mary's life, you realize that, that Mary had enthusiasm when she said, when she made the statement, my soul magnifies, magnifies the Lord. In other words, for Mary, doing, doing God's will was a passion. Uh, doing God's will was, 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 meant something to Mary because Mary wanted her life to count. She didn't want to waste her life. And so for Mary, this wasn't any like grin and bear it thing. This wasn't anything like, okay, God's going to use me. It's not going to go well. Just get it over with. It wasn't an issue of, of acceptance or tolerance. For Mary, it was, a, it, was like an, it was like a matter of eagerness. In other words, Mary had this attitude that she's, you know, I, I want God to use me. I, 
I, I want God to use me in my life to further his kingdom because you know, she had this enthusiasm and she had this passion. Listen, nothing ever great happens without passion, right? Nothing ever great happens without like enthusiasm or someone that's excited about it. Nobody, nobody wants to follow a depressed leader, right? I mean, ever, I mean, this, I mean today's a great day for football. Uh, Broncos, Patriots, Cowboys, Tampa Bay. I know you're going to watch both games, right? Are you guys awake, right? <laughs> and you know, one thing you're going to notice, like, like the Bronco-Patriot game, e even though it's going to be bitterly cold, the players are going to have, they're going to have enthusiasm. They're gonna have, and even the fans in the stadium, they may be cold, but they're going to be excited and they're going to have passion. And, and there's something about that. Listen, nothing great ever happens in life without passion or without enthusiasm. I mean, I mean, I mean, there's something about it that's contagious, right? Uh, maybe, maybe you're like me, but I can remember in school that, that uh, I, I hated a particular subject in school. And all of a sudden, I, I got a teacher. And that was like their, their passion. And, all, and I mean, they knew everything about that subject, and, and they told you stories, and, and they were excited about it, and they had passion about it, and you could tell it was like who they were. And all of a sudden, their, that teacher's subject became my favorite subject, not because I liked the subject because of her passion or his passion. The same thing can happen in life with hobbies. The same thing can happen in life uh, w with professions. You can be around someone, and I mean, they're just talking about their profession. And it's like just who they are, and it can give you passion for that profession, right? Nothing ever great happens without passion. Listen, I'm telling you, sometimes I believe some of the poorest Christian witnesses are those that aren't really passionate about their faith. And, and Mary was this, this woman that she had great passion for, for, for her faith, and so... And so not only did she, had, she, she have enthusiasm, but she had great humility. I mean, she wasn't arrogant. I mean, uh, verse four, I think it was verse 48, but she says, For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. In other words, she had humility. Um, in other words, she, she, didn't, she didn't say things like, you know what, I, I, I knew you were going to get around to like choosing me. I mean, you're really lucky to have me on the team or, or where she believed her own press clippings. I mean, she was this person that even though God was using her in a great way, she still was, she still was, she was, still was humble. She, real, she still referred to her like, I'm, I'm, just this, I'm just this humble servant. And I just, I just, wanna, I just want God to use me. Listen, the... The point is this, none of, us, none of us deserve to be used by God. Every one of us in this room are trophies of His grace. None of us can work hard enough, be perfect enough uh, to deserve God to use us. And so when you look at this, Mary, Mary was just, just, just humble. And every one of us are, are, are trophies of His grace. And, 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 and God works in our lives and God blesses us, not, not because we... We deserve it, but because he desires it, because he, de he desires to use us. I mean, do you place yourself in a position daily to, be, to like be used of God? What, listen, what, whatever, platform, whatever platform God gives you. I mean, right now, in like the Jones household, we, we, have, a, we have a new platform. A platform of, of we need God to do some things in our family, and and uh, we've gotten some pretty bad news in our family, and and so and and so and so that's our platform. And even in the midst of that, we desire that God that God would use us. 
Man, one of the main things that we talk about a lot in our house is that, you know what? God's with us. Regardless of what we go through, regardless of what we counter in life, that God is with us. When, when you look at David, and, and the Scripture says that David was a man after God's own heart. And here, here, I believe, here's the secret of that. And in Psalm 40, verse 8, he says, David said, I delight to do your will, O God. Your law is within my heart. So it was, it was a decision, and it, and it was his word. It was a decision that he made. And he said, God, regardless of what we walk through, regardless of what we go through in life, I just ask that you would just use me, that I just want to do your will. And so the question is, is how do you know? How do you know if you want God to use you? How do you know if you want God to use you in your life? Well, the, well let me ask you this, or, or help you with this, or, or ask you this. Are you listening to him every day? And if, if you want God to use you in your life, then are you, are you listening to him every day in your life? In other words, do you life journal? Do you open up the word? Because scripture says that that's the way God speaks to you. See, Mary believed that God speaks to, 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 to her. And, and we as New Testament believers, God still desires to speak to us. And he speaks to us. He speaks to us through his words. He can speak to us through, through promptings. He can speak to us through, through various ways. But the primary way that God speaks to us is through his word. And so do you open up his word? Do you read his word? And listen, I've told you, when, when I read his word, what I'm listening for, I am listening for the voice of God. When I life journal, it is not about knowledge. It, that's a part of it. And it's not all about information. And that's a part of it. But it's just trying to discern and trying to hear the voice of God. Listen, God wants to use every one of us. And are you placing yourself in a position to where like you open up his word and, and you can hear. Because that's one of the things that Mary says. Mary says, let it be to me according to your word. In other words, may your word be authority in my life. May your word speak into my life. And so my life, may my life line up. May my life just line up with, 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 your, with, with, your, with your word. And so one of, one of the reasons that God used Mary, I believe, is because she was sensitive to him. Uh, she, she had a, she had a, a listening ear. Are are you sensitive to him when you, when you get those promptings? I'll, I'll tell you a real quick story. One night this last week, we ran out of some stuff in the house, and so Karen says, I, I need you to go to the store. And so, so if I go to the grocery store, the only like grocery store I'll go to is Walmart Market uh, because it's small, and you can get in, and you can get out, and you can do it quickly. And so I ran down to the Walmart Market, and so I'm, it's dark, and it's cold, and I'm walking in, and across the parking lot, there was an older couple uh, that, that I recognize that go to our church and they were they were having trouble they were having trouble getting like their their groceries into their their car and so so I was in a hurry I needed to get in and out and so I had a choice to make I felt a prompting I felt God God wanted me to go help them and so I could have slipped by them and they would have never known and so I decided you know what I I'm I'm just gonna go I'm just gonna go help them. And so I, I walk over, and, and it's dark, and I wasn't dressed like a pastor, and so uh, I, I'm walking over there, and the problem is the husband, um, he, he saw me, but then he kind of turned his back like this because he thought I was a panhandler, and, and so he thought I was going to ask him for money, and so I realized, no, I'm like your pastor, and he says, oh, and so, and so I helped them, so I helped them like load their groceries, and so, and then we just had like this fantastic conversation in the park a lot of, of Walmart. Listen, I'm telling you. God desires to use us. God desires to use us in some little things and some small things. God desires to use us in the situations and the circumstances that he places us in in life. Listen, listen, I'm telling you, and you know this, right? Anybody can praise God when things are going well. Anybody can give honor and glory to God when things are going well. The family's going well. The grandkids are going well. The kids are going well. 
the job is going well, you're getting the promotions, you're, you're, you're going on the vacations, and, 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 and health is good, and all of those other things. But I'm telling you, you know what is a testimony? is when you can praise God when things aren't going good. And you can still like come into the sanctuary, and you can still worship Him, and you can still lift your hands. Because you, you understand Emmanuel. And God is with us. God didn't promise any one of us a pain-free life. God didn't promise any one of us that we would be exempted from problems and trials and things like that. But what he did promise is just the message of Christmas. And it's the message of Christmas that I don't think I will ever get over is Emmanuel. God is with us. And see, Mary, Mary was one of, one of those people. Luke chapter 2, verse 19, it says, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in, in, in her heart. And, and that issue, that, that word pondering means means to consider, means to discern, it, it, means to, it, means to, it means to meditate. In other words, Mary had this ability or this desire that she would simply take God's word and she would meditate on, on his word. And so, so I, I'm still, you know, I love technology, but, but there's a part of me that's still really old school. And so I, I, I still love post-it notes. I, I cannot give up post-it notes. It frustrates some people around the office. Um, fact is, Pastor Chad needed to use my iPad or something or, or whatever. I don't know what happened. And I opened, he opened up the iPad, and I had two post-it notes stuck on the iPad. And he's like, that's just wrong. I mean, don't you know, there, don't you know there's an app for that? And, uh, but it's just not the same. And so I, I'm still a post-it note person. I'm still an index card person. And so there's a lot of times in life journaling when, when, when God speaks a scripture into my heart and into my life because that's what I'm listening for. I'm listening to the voice of God and, and for the voice of God that I, I'll take an index card and I will literally write out that, I will literally write out that verse. And then throughout the day, whenever I stick my hands in my pockets to get something or to get a phone, there's that card and it's just a reminder to me. And sometimes I'll, I'll pull that card out. And I'll begin to meditate on, 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 uh, on that verse, or I, I, I take that verse and I pray that verse back to God. Listen, I'm telling you, some of the most powerful prayers you'll pray are when you pray his word back to him. I mean, it, isn't there something special about as a parent? When your kids grow up and all of a sudden they quote you and you overhear them and they say something that you've taught them or they say something that you've said and, and, or they say it back to you. Is, isn't there something that happens in the heart of a parent and then, wow, you know, uh, they, they, they like were really listening and wow, it really did make a difference in their life. And, and, but God's the same way. And the most powerful prayers that you will ever pray, I believe, is when you just you simply take his word and you begin to pray his word back to him. See, Mary was that type of person. Mary was a, was a, was a Bible person. Mary was a word person. And so that's why Mary said, let, just let it be a, according to, let it be to me according to your word. And so the first thing is this, is Mary had passion for, for God's will. The second thing is, is she participated in God's will. I mean, Mary not only had passion for his will, but, but she, she did something about it. There, there's a point that she, that, that she just did something about it. And so um, it, it, was, it was Mary's goal when, when, you just, when you study her life, and we'll talk about it, but the last, the last thing we hear from Mary is in, in, is in Acts, Acts chapter 1, verse 14, and, and we'll look at that. But Mary, Mary just had this, this deal that she just or this commitment that she just never wanted to say no to God. You just, you just see it in her life. You see it about the prophecies that were written about her. 
And so when God came to her, she said, she, she didn't say, you know, find somebody else. Uh, I've, I've got my ambitions. I got my dreams. I got my goals. I got my priorities. I got my life planned out. Joseph and I are going to get married. We know where we're going to live. Uh, we know the profession we're going into. And so I, I got my life planned out. And like this would be an interruption. So you're just going to have to find somebody else. And so Mary, Mary, Mary never said that. Mary participated in God's will. In other words, Mary desired to do God's will. She wanted to do God's will. Um, it, it says, my, my soul glorifies the Lord. My soul magnifies the Lord. In other words, that she participated in his will. See, for, for Mary... It was about calling and not comfort. And I believe that's, I believe that's a barrier for, for many people. Many people believe that to participate in God's will or God's will is first comfort, then calling. In other words, that God, if it is comfortable, if it is convenient, if it fits into my hopes and my dreams and my plans and my priorities and all of those other things, if it, if, if it, if it is comfortable, then, then, you know, then we'll talk about what you've called me to do. But see, when, when you desire to do God's will, when there's a passion to do God's will, when you participate in God's will with him, then you understand it's backwards. You understand it's inverted. You understand that first comes calling. Because, God, listen, God may not call you to do some things that are comfortable. God may not, in fact, is, I'll just, it, it, we'll take out the may. God's not going to call you to do things that are comfortable. God is not going to call you to do things that are convenient. God is not, listen, because faith is involved, God is going to call you to get outside of your comfort zone so that you will trust him. Now, I mean, that's what, that's what happened to Mary. I mean, if you were to make a commitment and say, Lord, in, in, in 2017, I... I, I, I want to have a passion for your will. I want to participate in your will. And so I'm like going to give you more of me, uh, of me and I'm going to dedicate more of my life to you. And I, I want to be closer to you and I'm going to listen to you because um, I want your plan in my life and I want you in the center of my life. Then can I just tell you, it's, it's going to cost you something. Jesus was, listen, Jesus was upfront about the cost. Jesus was upfront about the cost. And he says, before you follow me, you better count the cost. Because it, it's, it's calling, then comfort. And so, there, listen, there'll always be a cost. And it will, always, it, will always, it will always require faith in your life. Verse 31 in Luke chapter 1, he says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great, and, we be called, and, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. In other words, Mary decided that she wanted to do God's will more than anything, and she wanted to trust him, and she wanted to pay the cost. Verse 38, she says, and so Mary says, Behold, I am, man, I, I'm first. I'm a servant of the Lord. It's calling. I've been called to be a servant of the Lord. And let it be to me according to, According to your word. In other words, if you're a serious Christ follower, then you understand this. If you're a serious Christ follower, you understand that it's calling and, 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 and comfort. And the fact is, when you, when you look at the Apostle Paul, Apostle Paul started every letter off that the Apostle Paul, an apostle, a servant of Christ, a follower of Christ. And you see that, you see that in Paul's life. When when you understand that God wants to use you in every area, that when people are, are hurting around you and have questions, that you're, you're, able, you're able to help them, you're able to comfort them and not judge them. Listen, listen, in the situation that my family is walking in, 
I cannot tell you the number of opportunities that we have had as a family of just going back to a simple message, Emmanuel, God is, God is with us. Many of us, many of us may have names that God has laid on our heart of who we're going to invite to the, the Christmas Eve service. And, and so may, maybe you're like in that decision-making process. And, and so maybe you're, ask, maybe you're thinking or maybe you're having a conversation with yourself that I ask them, will, will they say no? Will they reject me? Will, will, it, will it get weird between us? I mean, how should I invite them? Should I invite them? Uh, what, what if it gets weird between us? And, and, but if all of us say, you know what, I, I'm just a Lord's servant. And I, and I, and I just, I just want to follow him. Listen, can I just tell you this? Uh, it can get awkward for all of us. Even, even as a pastor, do you realize there's times I struggle with that? You, when, when I'm out in public, and the uh, fact is, I'll tell you a quick story. I, I, I got invited many, many years ago to go to Washington, D.C. about the armed services, the reserve program. And so it was me and some leaders from, from Pueblo. And so, so we go to Washington, D.C., and we're at this big banquet, and we're, in, we're, we're at our tables, and, and there's going to be a big presentation. And so we're going around the table, and everybody's introducing themselves. And I know, you know what? In just a second, nobody in this room knows I'm a pastor. In just a second, I'm going to have to say I'm a pastor. And so, you know what? I'm, I'm coming up with things that I'm going to say. You know, God, would you honor it if I lied? You know, like, like say I'm a salesman or I sell fire insurance, you know, or, or something like that. And so it's going all the way around the room. And finally it gets to me. And so they said, so what do you do? And I says, I, I'm a pastor. And then, you know what, that's for us, that's like a death question. I mean, it's literally the response we get. It's like I've looked at someone and says, I hate your mother. I mean, I'm telling you, it's just a response because a lot of people have never met a pastor and then they have, some, they have some views about what a pastor is and what a pastor is like. And so anyway, so I says, you know what, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor from Pueblo, Colorado. I'm a pastor. And so all of a sudden you could feel the, like the tension in the table and then, then, then this man looked at me and says, oh, if we had have known that, we would have asked you to pray for the food. Like that's the only thing a pastor can do is pray for food. That's just what we do. We just pray for food. That's all we could do. And so it was just, it was like awkward. And so listen, I, I go through those same things as you go through, right? And so, and so maybe, maybe you're praying through that. Maybe you're praying through that list. And maybe you have a, a list of people that, you're, that, you're, that you want to invite that you know that God has prompted you. Would you just trust him? See, Mary was willing to sacrifice her reputation. I mean, there's some things about Mary's life that you realize that Mary understood it was calling and not comfort. It was obedience and not comfort. Mary understood that. Mary understood that powerfully. And Mary sacrificed her, 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 her reputation. I mean, who is going to believe her and who is going to believe her story? And I told you when we looked at Joseph's life, it was 30 years before Jesus validated Mary and Joseph. It was 30 years before he did his first miracle. It was 30 years they lived with that for 30 years of people wondering about them and wondering about the truth. But not only did she sacrifice her, her, her reputation, she sacrificed her comfort because Mary understood that it's just, it's about following him. I mean, when, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem and she's in Nazareth and they had to, had to make this, this long journey. Listen, let me tell you something. Whether we understand it or not, it's just true. God's plan for my life and God's plan for your life includes problems. And they're not accidental. It's part of the plan. There's always a cost. And Jesus was very, very upfront about that cost. And I, I, I just really believe our world needs to see. 
Our world needs to see believers that can stand in the midst of problems and diversity, uh, adversity and difficulty and hurt and pain and questions and still praise him and still trust him. The third and the last thing, if you desire God to use you, is this, is that, that she persevered. She persevered in God's will. Even when, even when she had questions, Mary persevered. I mean, Mary had this, Mary had this, this faith that, that, that she just understood, that she just she persevered. And, and so listen, we know that Mary had fear. And that's why the angel said, do not be afraid. Listen, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is moving ahead in spite of your fears. Courage is, 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 is moving ahead. Fact is, fact is, another word for courage is just faith. To where for you and I just are willing, are willing to take that step. See, see Mary wasn't afraid of the supernatural. Uh, Mary wasn't afraid of the supernatural. She believed God could speak to her. And then, and then she believed that, 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 that God still did miracles. I mean, you see that in John chapter 2 when, when Mary's out of, Mary and Jesus are at a wedding and the host runs out of, of wine. And it's just an interesting phrase. Um, Mary basically tells Jesus that, that, that they're out of wine. And Jesus knew what that meant right? Uh, maybe you're not like me. I was raised in the South, but when my mom, growing up, when my mom said out of milk, that's all she had to say, out of milk. We knew what it meant. We knew it just meant next door to get milk. That was in the days when you could go borrow stuff from the neighbors. Or, or she'd say out of sugar, and we knew what that meant, go get sugar. I mean, um, still even today, uh, with Karen, we can be in the backyard. We have a fire pit, and all she has to do is look at the fire and says, you know what? The fire is running low. I know what that means. I go get wood. Now we know where this started, right? It started here. It started in John chapter 2 and so and so G Mary had so much faith she just simply looked at Jesus and said out of wine man you look at Mary's life and you realize that Mary persevered in, in God's will she was she was always there when Jesus closest friends abandoned him she was there it, see for her it wasn't about comfort it's about calling Mary was this type of woman that, that believed deeply and she desired deeply to do God's will in her life. You, you, you realize that when, when one of Jesus' closest friends uh, denied him and even cussed to prove it, Simon Peter, it had to be a, like a gut punch to Jesus Christ, and yet Mary is still there. You look at Mary's life and you realize that Mary was one of the only ones at the, at the foot of the cross. I mean, she could have been crucified with Jesus. She could have been persecuted with Jesus, but see... It did not matter, matter to her because it was, it was about calling and it was not about comfort. And so when I, when, I, when, I, when I look at Mary's life, I'm just telling you, Mary's life challenges me. And the last time we get a glimpse of Mary is in Acts chapter 1 verse 14. And the scripture says that Mary can still considered herself God's servant. I think, I think Mary should be a role model for every one of us and I think Mary should be a role model for especially the young girls in our church because our girls are living in rough times trying to find good role models. And every day their minds are filled with like pencil-thinned, airbrushed, sexed-up women. And what kind of role model is that? And our young girls a lot of times look up to, to heroes that are in and out of jail and in and out of re rehab and messed up and they're the Kardashians and Lady Gaga and Miley Cyrus and Katy Perry. I think that's why the local church is set up in such a way that the older women should mentor the younger women, that the older women should be a model to the younger women so that they have role models that, that they can look up to. And I'm, I'm telling you, I am so thankful for the women in our church. 
I am so thankful. Our women in our church lead significant areas of ministry. The, the, Africa, the, 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 the mission to Zimbabwe, Africa, that's, that's led by a lady in our church. We have ladies leading significant areas of ministry within our church. And I'm telling you, I am so thankful for the women of our church. The majority of ministry partners, women. And I am so thankful for the women that at Fellowship of the Rockies, there's a place for women to where they, you can lead and you can have passion for his will. You can persevere in his will. And you can do God's will within the local body. Whenever tragedy hits, it's, it's all about relationships. Let me ask you this. Do you have a relationship with, with Jesus Christ? Do you know him? Do you have a relationship? Because that's the only relationship that cannot be taken from you.